It's Dr. Michael Rich, the pediatrician. I'm a practicing pediatrician and child health researcher who specializes in the effects of media on children because as a filmmaker, I understand how screens engage and move us, change us in various ways. And at the same time, I understand the science of child development and health. And so bringing these two together, I try to help parents, children, anyone who works with kids to understand how we can best raise healthy, happy, productive kids in the digital age. I'm here with pediatrics educator Christelle Lavalley. So, Michael, you like musicals, right? Of course. Don't get me singing, though. That's true. Well, this is a question that I like to call Missouri Miserab, and it comes to us from Peter, who's a dad in Kansas City. And Peter wrote, my 10-year-old used to be an avid skateboarder and baseball player until Call of Duty Black Ops arrived. I didn't in my wildest dreams think that he would become addicted to a video game. I have a 21-year-old who played all of the games but was never ruled by them. Since my awakening, I have removed the game, but my son is miserable. How long does it take to deprogram him? So, mediatrician, how do we get the miserab out of Missouri without letting Peter's son fall prey to spending hours on end playing those black ops? Well, this is a question that more and more parents are asking and more and more young people are being brought to me for internet or video game behaviors that are causing real problems in their lives, impairing their functions to the point where they're dropping out of school and even worse outcomes, such as attempting suicide. It sounds as if Peter's 10-year-old son may fall into that category, and unfortunately, Taking the game away may not be enough. First of all, he will see that as punishment rather than helping him. And if Peter can change to thinking about it differently, not as deprogramming him, but helping him find you know, a better way to live his life. So he needs professional help. So what can you tell Peter to expect when he seeks that kind of professional help? What are the treatment options? Well, unfortunately, at this point, they're still very limited. Um, Even though the World Health Organization added gaming disorder to the international classification of diseases in 2018, our healthcare system doesn't yet recognize gaming disorder as a formal diagnosis. And as a result, we're not training clinicians to recognize or treat it, um, and we're not really taking it seriously in the sense of investing in infrastructure to address this. Medical insurance doesn't pay for care for gaming disorder. So given that, there's still some steps that Peter can take to help his son. Well, it sounds to me like Peter's already taken that first step. I mean, he took away Black Ops, the video game that he's most concerned about his son playing. Yes, and that's very important to help lower the hypersensitivity, the hyperstimulation that his son has by this game. But it's only one step. And unfortunately, most kids see that simply as a punishment that then they subvert. Um, Peter, Peter's son, if he truly has a gaming issue, will find other places or other ways to play the game. So I think the next step for Peter is to find a clinician that really understands this kind of problem 
and make an action plan with him. In the meantime, when he talks to his son about Black Ops, he needs to frame his son's problematic gaming as a health issue to be treated, not a misbehavior that needs to be punished. Peter needs to explain to his son that he sees how miserable his son is. And although he may not understand it yet, the goal here is not to punish him, but to give him more control over his life. So, Michael, I feel like Peter came to the perfect person because you are a clinician who understands this kind of problem inside and out. So can you kind of explain to to Peter what that is, like what his son is dealing with and experiencing? Yes, well... As the mediatrician, I have been referred kids for variations of interactive media problems for eight or more years now. Um, And one interesting thing we are seeing, uh, because now we have so many kids with this issue that we have a dedicated clinic for this at Boston Children's Hospital, um, the Clinic for Interactive Media and Internet Disorders, or CIMAID, is that we're actually seeing four types of problems with interactive media. Um, And we are grouping them under the name of problematic interactive media use, or PIMU. And the reason for that is that there are, as to our count, more than 60 different names for variations on this problem, some of which call it addiction, some of which call it a factor of gaming um, alone, as the WHO has. Um, World but, Health Organization. <laughs> yes. Um, and and some of which are social media or smartphones, etc. So the reason we are calling it problematic interactive media use is we're not blaming it on the technology. It's our behavior that matters, and it's what we do with this technology. We're also not calling it an addiction, which... Um, is both medically inaccurate, um, but stigmatizing. So parents won't bring their kids to care as early as they could um, because they don't see them as a junkie in a shooting gallery. They just see them as a kid who's playing way too much video games. So what we're seeing actually is four manifestations of PIMU. We're seeing gaming excessively, predominantly in boys, social media use in girls predominantly, pornography, interestingly evenly balanced between the two sexes, and what we're calling information or video binging, these kids who watch endless YouTube videos. Um, And all of these can be done in a normal, healthy life. Um, And most of these kids, when they are brought in saying, I'm doing what everyone else is doing, But the real difference here is that they are doing it to the extent that it's impairing their lives. They are doing poorly in school. They are not getting enough sleep. They are having behavioral outbursts. They are isolating themselves from friends and family, withdrawing into their games or their social media, etc. And so this is when it becomes a problem. Now, one of the very interesting things we are seeing as we see more and more of these kids is that this may not, in fact, be a diagnosis in and of itself, but may be the manifestation of underlying and already established in the medical community diagnoses, such as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, anxiety disorders, mood disorders of various kinds. So what we're really seeing PIMU as is a syndrome 
that is allowing these underlying issues to manifest themselves in this interactive media environment. So it sounds like going back to Peter's son, he really has Paimu under that category of, of video gaming here. He's not in Boston. If he's unable to get to Simaid, what language can he use when talking to a clinician that's available to him? I think he should um, express exactly what's going on with his son and help the clinician, if they're not experienced with this, understand that this is important to deal with in a therapeutic way and to really think through the commonalities of behavior, the commonalities of pathology that happen outside of the environment of interactive media as well as inside because most of these kids really benefit from identifying and treating that underlying ADHD, anxiety, etc. That's such really good information to have. And Peter, we'll link to more information about problematic interactive media use or PIMU, as well as uh, also provide a link to that clinic, uh, the Clinic on Interactive Media and Internet Disorders, which is at Boston Children's Hospital. All of those will be available at askthemediatrician.org. And just another big thanks for sharing your son's struggles, Peter. We hope for the best with you dealing with his gaming. And if you could give us an update, we'd love to know how he's doing. So you can find out more about this and many other topics related to healthy media habits, as well as figure out all the research and the science at askthemediatrician.org. You can also follow our mediatrician on Twitter at mediatrician and submit your own question at askthemediatrician.org. And please remember to subscribe and share this podcast with all of your friends. Enjoy your media, including your games, and use them wisely. But most importantly, enjoy your children and raise them wisely. Ask the Mediatrician is hosted by Dr. Michael Rich. Joined by pediatrics educator Christelle Lavalley. Jill R. Cavanaugh is our Chief Knowledge Officer. Original music composed by Christopher Cerf. Podcast and music recorded, mixed, and edited at Saturn Sound Studios. Executive producer, Alicia Haywood.